All right. The last intro of the batch. I'm excited. Excited to not be pacing around my room. Anyway, welcome back to another episode of the Make Dope Shit Podcast. We have a very special treat today. It's the first 2.0 that we have on this podcast. We are back with the boys at Scarlet Street. Was Scarlet Street is a punk band based out of Ohio, but I mean, if you listen to the first episode, you probably already knew that. But it was really good to sit down and catch up with these guys again. They're currently in the process of writing their second album, so we dug into what they've been up to lately, how that process is going, and all that jazz. In this episode, we talk about their current creative and collaborative process, how they're collaborating remotely. Interestingly enough, Discord is what they've been using lately to work together and write this second album. It was kind of interesting to get some insights into that and, and how they've structured that and how they're using it, what the benefits are. We talk about how their musical style is evolving from this first album to the second one and how being and how the and how the writing process becoming more collaborative is influencing and shaping their sound in certain ways. And we talk about their their collaborative dynamics, how it really is beneficial to, to be in a band with a bunch of people who are grown adults who can function on their own. <laughs> Which is always always a benefit. Anyway, yeah, I think that think that about covers it. So as per usual, you can hit up the links in the description to follow Scarlet Street and anything that they're doing, as well as to get any links to resources or things that were mentioned throughout this episode. You can find it all there. But yeah, it was great to catch up with these guys. Can't wait to hear the second album once it's recorded. And uh, yeah, without further ado, my conversation with Scarlet Street. Before the mic started rolling, or I guess for those listening, we're here, we're back with Scarlet Street 2.0. You two, or you two, you all are the first 2.0 episode that I have nice. on this podcast. Awesome. Honors. Thank first you. Returning guest. But we were just talking before we started rolling about ideas and note taking. And I mean, for anybody who's listened to any of the other episodes, They'll know that that is something that I overly obsess about getting a, a system for note taking and ideas and kind of keeping things actionable. But you guys had just started talking about you've got some stuff that you're working on to be able to collaborate better remotely. And you had kind of mentioned a discord. I, I will leave it there and we'll just kind of kind of go from there. Yeah. I was going to say Luke is definitely very well versed on this because it was actually completely his idea. And when he brought it up, I thought he was insane because he was like, yeah, we, we can kind of like structure and write songs through Discord. And to me, that like Discord is like a, an IRC chat room, you know? So I was like, I was like, that's, that doesn't sound right, but okay, we'll give it a shot. And then, you know, he sends me an invite link and I go on there and it's like, you know, hey, here's song one, two, three, four, five. And here's just like our quick little skeleton of track and like you know he's he had some he written and you know i was like oh like i had access to files it's kind of like a file sharing thing too so you know like if there was one we've already like you know i critiqued it and i was like here's what i would do and then you took it and you're like well okay i get your critiques but here's what i would do with your critiques and we pretty much just structured a final song out of it it was it's incredible i never thought discord would have that ability but it's kind of what we made it into it was really good 
I had worked with a guy before who had brought up the idea and, you know, I'd never really been on Discord before. But once you actually go in and see just how much you know, organization it's capable of, like you can literally, like Ben was saying, you can put as many channel server like in there as you want. So you can have like a channel for each song. And in addition to just having a continuous record of being able to like put in notes on whatever you want, you can bounce audio files. Like literally when I don't even want to go on my computer, I'll just diddle something onto my phone memos and just post it there and Ben will send his and yeah like he was talking about we just kind of it was actually kind of funny uh, earlier we were uh, talking I, I had recently replaced my laptop and we were talking about getting like Ben uses Logic Pro and it's excellent it looks very good um, I was thinking about buying a Mac so that we could get those projects between us because Logic doesn't work on Windows but I honestly like something about just having to bounce masters and not getting into the finer details. It's all, I almost kind of like, like, I don't know how the other way would have been, but I kind of like it this way because we can all like, it's like throwing rocks at each other until they make better rocks, I guess. <laughs> like, it's like a rock tumbler, honestly. It, like, when yeah. you put ideas together and you can separate bits out that you like and rearrange the parts that you don't, you can do that creative compromise and come out with something stronger. And, you know, it, with distance being a factor, you don't have to drive two hours to get like, I mean, if we tried to do what we did in person, that would take fucking weeks. Yeah, we would we would be years out from finishing this. And, yeah. and that's kind of a lot of being in a band, and we'll get into that, I'm sure, much later, is like figuring out ways to make things more efficient. But yeah, no, I you were talking about like not getting into the nitty gritty of, uh, of these like recordings, especially in just sharing masters back and forth. That's a good point because something that like, I definitely have the tendency to do is on these demos, I'll sit there and go, like, it's a joke amongst like a lot of musicians is like, no, that snare tone, like we need less of the top and more of the bottom. And you sit there and 45 minutes later, you've done nothing but change the snare slightly, uh -huh. you know, made a ping, a palm. Yeah. Yeah. So when you just kind of send me a, here's, here's everything you can't, if there's a, you know, guitar in the background, you don't like, you can't change it. And that's good because, you know, we're still in the process of really kind of refining the structures of these songs, not necessarily like, I don't like how that guitar sounds in the background point. So it keeps you focused. Yeah. Yeah. The, like the ideas versus the, the, the crafting of it, exactly right, of, of getting the structure and stuff versus, and yeah, it's easy to get lost in that. I think it, it reminds me of a, when I talked to Holden, who you all know. Yes. Um, shout out, shout out Holden Mathis. Yeah, man. Episode, episode one, I think. I think he was, yeah. He was yeah. Season one, episode one. He talked about this idea in, in drawing and in art of starting with the broad or, or starting with the, yeah, I guess starting with the broad and moving your way narrow. Where if you're, Chisel it, yeah. Yeah, yes. if, you're, if you're drawing like a milk jug or a milk carton was the example, you've got to start with the outline of it and then you can get more detailed as you go on. And I think that that's, uh, that is something that that principle in general, I, I think you can apply that to almost anything. 100%. want to ask, Luke, you mentioned like you've got different channels for different songs and stuff of that nature. What does the structure look like in that Discord channel to facilitate? Or let me pull it a step back. What, where are you guys at, like musically right now in terms of writing? Like, are you working on an album? Are you just kind of gathering ideas? Like, and then 
the the step past that is like i'm curious about the structure of, of the discord and, and stuff like that yeah we've secured studio time so it's kind of i kind of subscribe to the idea of uh, like light a fire you know to under yourself or i think a more elegant term i like to use is uh don't you know wait till the iron's hot to strike strike to make the iron hot so kind of putting a deadline always is a good idea so it's kind of like yeah we've got studio time it's in stone now and uh we're doing it so we're in the process of i think last time we talked we talked about how many ideas we were kind of individually kind of coming up with you know and we're kind of in the stage of you know hey here's my 10 like 10 tracks that i've recorded that i absolutely want to make something into like a full song mm -hmm. and they could be like hey here's like a quick acoustic you know progression i've got to like here's something i wrote in 2015 that is completely finished mm -hmm. and like that's something i was just doing three days ago was okay cool i wrote this in 2015 how's it look in 2023 mm -hmm. which luckily this time around last the last album was a lot of old ideas this is like one of the few very old ideas on there but point being is um yeah like sorry i'm trying to kind of think of what the original <laughs> what the original ask was yeah the idea is an album for sure. I think we kind of thought about briefly doing an EP and not to speak for everybody else, but I think the idea was like the album we just put out last year or this year, <laughs> it feels like forever ago. It was a lot of old ideas and I think we were happy to just kind of cross the finish line and this time we want to hit a home run. Yeah. Like just go shoot for the moon is like literally the the phrase i use with gary sioni who we recorded with and we're gonna go record with again you know like felt awesome to be finished with that but i think even before we got home we were talking about the things we kind of wish we could have accomplished had we had more time and been more mm -hmm. prepared and this time it's like okay like let's make the masterpiece we've wanted to make yeah getting we'll we'll get back to the discord structure because i do want to yeah i'm very curious <laughs> yeah sorry we like, like to... no no it's it's fine we're we're free flowing and, and winging it and i'm not gonna let that one go because i am obsessive about yeah almost to a fault of structure and organization around capturing and facilitating ideas but where was i going quite oh how now that you're in this like writing process again and you've done this first mm -hmm. album how has the things that you learned from this first album, this first like studio session, releasing this album, seeing reception, touring with it, how have the things that you've learned throughout that process shaped this songwriting and like creation process for the second album in regards to well, I had a landing point for that question, but maybe I'll maybe I'll stick it there. Yeah, how how have what are some of the things that maybe you wouldn't have thought about as you were going throughout that first album where now you're like, oh, this is a big difference. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and speak on that one a little mm -hmm. bit where to follow up on a point that Ben made just a little bit ago, it's the preparation of it all. And it's the having a lot more of the ideas ironed out. And I, I know I can speak for me in that wasn't as prepared on some of the parts as I would like to have been on when we recorded the first time and then just you know <sighs> over the course of recording the first album it rapidly became like a for lack of a better term what would gary say or what would what would gary do or what would you know like 
sort of laser WGD. Oh, right. That was, that was the whole. I mean, he told, <laughs> he told us before we even left. Like the next time you come, that's what you're going to be thinking. Yeah, a, a sort of a sort of laser focus, and and almost after spending three three weeks, yeah, three weeks with the guy, you almost you know, I'm not going to pretend that I'm 100 percent in his head, but there was you know. There's more instances now of being like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I could play this part again, but but Gary would say that, you know, well, you already played that part. Don't play it again. Or something yeah. to that effect, like laser focusing and, you know, hey, this is a really cool part. Don't milk it too much. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, that's an even cooler part and you get off of it really quick. Why'd you get off of it so quick? So laser focusing and also kind of trying to think like instead of. Ooh, I like playing this particular part. Like, ooh, it sounds really cool. But what would what would the producer, which is kind of like the one step removed from the listener, you know, kind of may- maybe taking that one extra step, being like, okay, but if I was if I wasn't in this band and I was listening to this song, would I like this song? Or you know, would, would I think as a listener, like, ooh, that was an awesome part? Or am I just thinking it's an awesome part because I'm the musician in that band playing that part? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it kind of takes you one step away as as like, oh, I'm the listener of this song. Yeah. Are there any tips or tricks or things that you have found that help remove you from that? Because I think that that's something with – I'm trying to remember who I talked to this about. Um, I think it was Logan Solana, who is a director up in Columbus, was saying a very similar thing of when he's in edit phase on a movie, it's very hard to remove yourself from it and see it how a viewer might see it to try and shape that. And I apologize if it wasn't Logan and it was somebody else, but Logan, if it wasn't you, I'm sure you're stoked to to have had that attributed to you. Uh, But where was I going with that? Oh yeah, is there anything that you do to kind of help remove yourself? Do you have any like, like routines or periods of time, maybe you step away and come back to it, or is it all just trying to look through Gary's lens? I Something I kind of came to revelation on in the studio last time was, it wasn't even anything that Gary or anybody kind of suggested. It was just kind of like a, oh yeah, that makes sense of that skip button is always one click away. Um, so that was the thing is I think the first like, little bit while we were out there it was always like oh i get it we got to make these songs shorter and that was never the point it was no you gotta make you're fighting somebody you're fighting the listener from hitting the skip button and so is every other person on every platform is is trying to just keep your attention from the very instant you see that you know their content right or keep them from you know saying oh fuck this i'm gonna go watch hulu yeah, we got to make our music the equivalent of Mr. Beast, you know, showing some cool stuff. Like I don't know, like. but at the same time, something I've kind of been going into writing this is like, I think more more so than anybody else, an audience can kind of smell bullshit in the sense that like they can detect authenticity mm-hmm. more than you think they can. So like, it's kind of been this funny like, so we're. I will say, like, I think our material going into this is like a lot more artistic and a little more, a little more subversive. And I think it was really like not copying, but like 
bands we like kind of sound like this and, you know, definitely influence. And this time around, it's, I guess, in a way, it's more like putting yourself out there, like musically, like lyrics are always going to be about that. But like, even musically, it's like, okay, fuck it, we'll try this. And I think like a lot of the last album was like, no, that would be too whatever. Mm. Like, there's a lot of instances before we even got to the studio, before, heck, these guys even saw, because the last album was a lot less collaborative than this one will be. A lot of like, oh, things were on left on the chopping room floor because it was too out there to whatever. And a lot of the bands I've been listening to now, it's like they never even once questioned that, you know. Yeah. So throwing more out there, being vulnerable might be a weird word for it, but just not. More upfront, maybe. Or... More authentic. Authentic, authentic really yeah. just like fuck it we're trying this if it fails it doesn't matter and um, confidence is a better word too because like the point i wanted to make is like when we were in the studio i think literally in like the last week we sometime during that week we each found our confidence and then like yeah. going into the next studio session from the get-go and then yeah. that'll that'll change a lot too i mean just on tour like when we oh, yeah the first i mean first show we played on the you know tour we played back in march you know it was like it was fine like we didn't do bad i, I thought it was a good show by the end of this tour like when we got to chicago we were like we're that fucking band dude and it was like i think we could all agree we sounded 10 times better it, we didn't sound bad at first yeah. but by the time by the time we got to brooklyn we were like tighter more yeah but it was i would i would put my money on it that it was pure confidence yeah it's just crazy like you're kind of you know in a world where being full of yourself which is obviously different than confidence is such a negative well, it's like it's a when fine they, line to walk yeah it's very much so yeah. like when they hear it's like when they can hear you having fun and that translates through the feeling of the music or whether it's live or on the album like that's what people listen to music for i think primarily is like don't get me wrong there's like the sad moments and the angry moments and all that but even if it's angry music off you just want to have some fun you know yeah. what i mean yeah. like if if the music's boring like most people are going to click off it not everybody's wanting that experimental stuff i guess yeah it's a choice to listen to this stuff nah dude shout out andre 3000 and his fucking <laughs> yeah. 30, or 90 minute long flute album shout out his track list those titles are something else that's great but it, like how many times could you know somebody say like is this too much like is that, like let's just kind of chop it off and like Maybe not, maybe not fully flute. Like, let's just, I think that's an interesting case of like, I mean, that's almost the opposite of what you guys had going into your first album. And granted it's Andre 3000 who had a very successful yeah. career and then took a bunch of time off and came back and can do whatever the fuck he wants. Right, right? Yeah, right. And you guys are, are recording a debut album. So there, obviously there will be some differences, but uh, yeah, it's almost the opposite of like, you guys were like, this needs to be tighter and you know, X, Y, and Z. We may have some. We got a DoorDash derived. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's probably a, an awful comparison though, because it's very different, entirely different genres, entirely different places in the career, entirely different X, Y, and Z. Well, it still illustrates the point of like going in, knowing what you want, and having the time to develop it in a way where you feel it represents yourself and what you want to say. Yeah, and I mean, it kind of shows the uh, function of growth in a career. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, not like obviously uh, back in Outcast days, like, you know, I'm sure it was a little more formulaic, like that first album, you know, and then mm -hmm. by the time you're, I mean, how old is Andre? He's got to be like 40 or yeah, something. I, I want to say he's in his 40s. Yeah. And 
you know, it's it's just I I don't I don't know why any artist and I I think that really there's the there's the harmony there is I don't know why any artist want to grow musically or challenge themselves or at least expand mm-hmm. in some way. And that was not a concern on LP1 as wouldn't be on any uh, yeah. you know bands, but you know I too, especially for us, and I'm hoping I'm not like overselling or underselling anything here, but like I would say this is quite a different sound. I mean, I joke on Twitter and shit about. I think people might think I'm joking, but I'm not. Not like this almost merits a full rebrand. Like it's it's quite out there. If this is a 90 minute improvisational flute out, I'm gonna shit my pants. It's you not. I'm sorry. But... <laughs> <laughs> like something else too is like music is what we do. It's what we make. But in the same sense that if a tree falls in the forest, is anybody around to hear it? If a band releases an album and you know nobody knows about it, does it matter? Yeah. The DoorDash has oh, arrived. Yes. That's an interesting, it's something with me like deleting my social media recently. I have been thinking about and playing around with more the idea of like, how do I want to release my work? Because I do a lot of visual stuff. Right, yeah. And the, uh, with like the photography that I do, which is purely for fun, it goes on, went on Instagram because it was like the easiest oh, yeah. place to put it. <laughs> so now I have to like kind of rethink like, okay, how do I want to release this? How do I want to present this? But uh, yes, well, are these are those rolls? Hell yeah! And I, I'm gonna have to put Mike down to to get into some of this. You're good. Do you want to? Yeah. Do you want to take like a five or ten, and then like did a did a take five for some to be bleeped foods that that were hit or miss? But um, over the over the break, Luke, you were showing me the Discord structure and stuff, and I want to dig into some of that. I guess my first question is, well, give an overview for the listeners kind of roughly, like how you have things structured. Yeah, we'll start there. We got a few groups. So it's just kind of like a like a lobby, so to speak, where they have a voice chat you can hop onto with a screen capture, actually. So we're still figuring it out, but you can actually boot up like a recording software and have it live on your screen capture. And if you get it right, the audio will transfer as well. Hmm. In addition to that, we got a general chat just for, you know, talking about things. And then kind of an area for, like, we have a channel just for, like, miscellaneous lyrics, riffs that don't necessarily fit into the songs right now, but could fit in. Then we also post things that are just, like, stuff we find that is, you know, going to be used for things like lyrics or just inspiration or mood, just, you know, news articles, history things, movies, just general media inspiration. Stuff where we just talk about how we want the album to sound, idea. Like, you know, I just heard this thing on another track that does this thing, and it's fucking amazing. We should do that. It could be, like, literally four seconds of audio, you know, that that sort of thing where it's like, yo, they do this thing, like, midway through the third chorus on this track for, like, two seconds. And that's enough for us to be like, it might not even be like, we, we go on tangents, obviously, but, like, you know, it could be like, that gives me this idea, which gives me this idea. What if we did that? And before and you honestly, know, you're like making a cot, you you initially throw out an idea that somebody else has, and then before you know it, it's not even similar. But yeah. thank God you had that in there. 
that's the cool thing is when you have all the discussion cataloged in a full complete record you don't all you don't just have the end result you have the incremental changes that led to it to go back to which is especially lot. if you like regret any changes like, exactly oh yeah, and yeah. we did that yeah, we've we already done that <laughs> yeah and I, I mean this is why i love that this is so much more collaborative this time around because you know when we went in last time it was very much so a lot of the content was me making stuff and you know kind of being like all right you clowns you know minions play my shit first off i hate that Every band I, I love and look up to was a complete collaborative effort. So, you know, I, I want to do that. I don't mm. want to, you know, I, I don't even know. Like, I don't want to solo this shit. I hate the idea of that. But more importantly, more like on brand was like, I'm trying to think of what I was going to say. Like, I don't know. I lost the thought. But <laughs> I guess, you know, like in a way, Gary was kind of like the, the backstop you know, for any, like, does this shit work or not? And, mm -hmm. uh, like, being able to filter that, like, several times before we get to that point. Mm. Not only is that going to, like, make a stronger idea when we get into studio, but it's just going to save tons of time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, instead of, like, like, we lean hard on Gary out there to the point where I was like, I feel like we're, like, like he's practically making this album. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but, like, you know... I think the idea of going out there and having like a, oh shit, like all five of us think this will work great is like that, that's the goal. So before we even get out there, you know, I think that's amazing, amazing thought. I agree. I think it'll be a really, really good experience. Still have nearly, I mean, wall of December and still basically half a year yeah. to have something put together to where we have first off time. That time is going to be amazing because I haven't met Gary. But everything you guys have told me about him suggests that, like, when we have something there that will be everything that we could have done to prepare for it reasonably, meeting a person of that degree of experience, I'm very excited to see what will result from that. The Discord structure and stuff like that. With this album, how do you or did you determine when a song or when an idea is fully formed enough to get its own channel? Like, when does it go from an idea that bounces around in other channels to getting its own, like, we know this is a track, there's enough of an idea here to give it its own channel? So I think, at least on my part, when I created a new channel, it was, I feel so strongly about this, even if it's not even halfway finished, or the way finished, <laughs> that I just, like, love this idea. There's a track... Robbie and I, and I know I said there's like not too many old tracks on here. There's two. There's a track Robbie and I recorded 2015, 2016, I think. No, 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 because it was at my second apartment ever where I wanted to put it on the first album, actually, but it wasn't anywhere near like halfway finished. And it's still kind of in that state at the moment, but at least it's like now in the, the Discord for all to uh, dissect. But, um, I feel so strongly about that track, even if it's in a state of complete, you know, clutter that, you know, that's how I, I, I just got to go on there. We got to fit it somehow. Other ones are, I think like, Hey, I've got an entire, like, this is, it's got a beginning, middle end, like every part structurally it's together. What do you think? And 
or at least I'm kind of talking for you, Luke. I apologize, but you know, like it's it's a moment of like here's a three minute forty second song. I've has all the parts. It doesn't need any more parts. You know, he creates a channel for that. I'll actually let you answer that question. Yeah, it's pretty much the same. It's kind of like see, like so some things that you write and your feelings on them change, uh, like the instant you make the first note. So you know, you I'm sure you've encountered many situations where you're just like, "Ooh, I'm so hyper focused on this," and then next week you're like, uh, "Like," yeah. but then there are some of those that just stick with you, and you're like, "I see something in this. I see the I see the statue in this block." And I guess that like seeing the potential in it, like when you see something that you really like and you know it can be better, that's when it gets put on the floor to get to get cut up. And so once, what does the let's focus in on like the very early stages of like you've just made a channel for this so you know you've got enough of an idea to begin refining it Mm -hmm. but it's still not close to a complete like there's still plenty of work to be done like what is the early discussions like in the channel like in a brand new channel once it's made like what are the first things that you're going after what are the first like stages of that process well i would say that at least for me The beginnings of writing usually start with a riff, and when I think that riff is good, I'll usually start to flesh it out. Like, if I start a riff on guitar, I'll put, like, bass drums, you know, the kid and caboodle on it, and then try to go somewhere with it, make at least one other part. And if that sequence works, awesome, we got rolling. And if it keeps going, it keeps going, sweet. It's kind of like in, um... It's like you get the bones together, you get a functional skeleton. It doesn't have to look like a human skeleton, it just needs to walk. Like you just when you get the bones in a way that you like, the big stopgap is lyrics. It's oh, yeah. vocals are so central to I mean, sounds very stupid to say, but vocals are the front stage for so many kinds of music that you often have to wait for the vocal parts sometimes to determine the course of the rest of the track. So I guess at least up to this point, it's kind of been like getting it to a point where you're just like, oh, these are, these are good bones. These are good bones. And then we like, we got to get skin on them, fine tune the skin and then dress it up. Yeah. And I mean, to the point where we practically write, if you had to break it down into categories we pretty much write songs in two stages gross oversimplification but it's kind of like okay here's the music here are the lyrics and like that's honestly like that's how important we view as like a band like the lyrics and the vocal performance of the song and that's actually like another thing that when we recorded out in sound acres like how goddamn important vocals are which is bizarre because like i Never in my life did I be like, oh, I wanted to be like the lead singer or whatever of a band. Like this wasn't something, you know, it's like I feel ill-equipped for this. But, you know, like if, if we're going to do it, like we're not going to half-ass it. And like that is that vocal melody is what gets people kind of hooked on a song. So that needs so much attention. It's almost like writing two songs together where it's like, okay, here's what's going on behind the vocals. And then here's the vocals. Mm-hmm. So to the point where it's like literally almost stopped entire like writing processes because I'm like holding up vocal, you know, like lyrics are still yet to be written. So and they got to be perfect, like they have to be perfect because that's, you know, any everybody knows anybody listening to this music knows or at least to most people know English, you know, they're like they hear it, they can understand it, you know, 
Jake could be doing something insane and blow people's mind, but they don't understand it. If the lyrics suck, they're going to know. Yeah. If, if the drum part sucks, which won't, but, uh, <laughs> you know, like they won't know. <laughs> or if the guitar part's a little boring, it's, you know, like obviously that part's going to be, you know, given tons of care because that, like I said, we almost write it as that and then that. But like, yeah. It's a lot of pressure. It sucks. I, I don't like it, but like that's gives it, it takes so much time and like effort to get the vocals alone. And you uh, basically have like that whole third part where it's like once you do have the vocals, like you probably have to go back in that song that you you know you thought oh, this is yeah. the song that's done, and now like oh that you know what I mean just each part now it has different starts and stops in it or like based on what the vocals like you need to invoke a feeling so yeah and match that so like you need to change it based on you know, the new vocals that have appeared. I mean, honestly, like what I find that happens at the beginning, at least, is when you start to do like overdubs and complementary instrumental parts, you're like dressing up the instrumental. By the time the vocals come around, now you have a song and you may very well find that your orchestration just doesn't work anymore. Like the vocals are great, but that guitar part that you spent three hours recording it just doesn't work anymore. And yeah. you know what? The guitar part's going. So, like, that's that third. Which is why, like, we kind of are glad that we're sending full masters to each other instead of, like, you know, hey, here's a whole file. You can edit the, you know, 17th guitar track that's way yeah. in the back. Because, you know, like, the structure usually almost always still works. Throw any vocal part, it's still going to work. But, like, yeah, that guitar part, it's like... So again, you don't get too caught in the weeds where you're like, okay, like this vocal part works and this like it's this whole you know master you sent me is awesome, but that one little guitar part, it's like it's still done. It's mm-hmm. you know we'll figure it out when we, that's one of those we'll figure it out when we get to studio mm-hmm. situations. But yeah, I mean, and kind of going back to your original question of like, like what makes a full song like ready to to be put up and all of that is like, it's kind of funny because for me. I think Luke and I have slightly different kind of takes on like, like, or not takes, but like methods of creating. I will, I usually sit around on my guitar just bullshitting, like hitting literal random notes. Mm-hmm. And I kind of get lost in the details, which is why I like need so much focus. And I'll, I'll like hit a pretty much like a little vamp of just like, oh yeah, those four notes just looped over and over again. Boom, here's an idea for a full song from yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, like expansion versus you know like decompressing where it's it's start from end point and work out or you start from a beginning point and try to find the end kind of thing yeah it's 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 kind of funny like i think i have said this in the last podcast about how like some songs you know like all all of our songs kind of were created with a different method and that's still true where it's like, oh yeah, this is a totally finished song I have from five years ago that like every part of it, I want it to sound like this. And, and there's that one where I was like, here's a five second loop and you wrote goddamn near a whole song off of that. You know, it was, yeah. That's been good. Cause like, honestly, (laughs) a a lot of what I like, cause I would agree, like Ben and I do have slightly different approaches to doing things. Cause I like, my biggest problem is making decisions quickly when the, differences are maybe not kind of lost in some way like i'm not see that's why i like writing with you guys a lot and ben because 
you're you're really focused on tone in a way that I because like your demos sound so good that sound I too really good like, sometimes that like I like being able to just take two two things. So I'll divert a little bit and say what what he's talking about. I love because when there's that first idea. Um, I find it easier to run with that idea because the first decision has been made and I can build off of that with a certain reduced level of self-consciousness as opposed to coming straight. Now, it's not like a big thing, but like, you know, when you're, when you're starting from scratch, like there are so many decisions to make and, you know, I can play like five different things and think they're equal in certain ways. So like choosing one can be hard. So when there's something already there, like it's, it's, so much easier to connect the dots so i've really enjoyed that so far and just like being able to just like write the music and trust that ben is gonna cook up 10 disgusting guitar tones for it is a big relief <laughs> yeah i part of me like i get so again i get so lost in details and like for me everything's an emotional decision so like if i'm trying to every demo is trying to sell somebody on something like you're you make a demo to be like this is a good idea <laughs> that's the whole point of a demo so i get kind of obsessive to the point where i'm like nobody's gonna understand like what i'm trying to convey especially when these some of these demos just don't even have lyrics or anything or vocals that like even a snare hit is gonna kind of change how you emotionally perceive a part so it's kind of like I spend so much time sitting there going like, okay, I need to make sure like it sounds huge because it feels huge to me. Like when I'm writing it, even if it's just on guitar, like I, my mind is just like, oh, I'm thinking about like how massive this is going to sound. And like, honestly, most of the time I'm thinking like, how is this going to sound live? <laughs> mm. You know? So like in my mind, like best moments I've had at live shows, not just us playing, I mean, seeing them, like everything sounds huge or everything sounds intimate or whatever. And like when I'm trying to make a demo, I'm trying to sell not just these, you know, other three guys, but like, you know, like I sent them off to Jordan at a record label and, you know, all that, like want it to feel huge i need it to sound huge so yeah. i'll sit there and record 20 guitar parts on a demo it doesn't need that yeah but like i don't know like music is extremely emotional and i feel like especially this album is going to be extremely emotional so it's like i need it to almost almost be like to the point where it's like it's ready to go mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh like getting getting lost in the weeds is a, it's a big problem so yeah interested with like getting lost in the weeds i think there is like you're saying there's a point at which it's necessary where like example you gave where like you're trying to sell use this demo to sell the feeling of it being huge so you need to record like layer up all those guitar parts so that it right. feels huge but have you noticed any sort of distinction and i guess i'll, I'll open this to all of you but any sort of distinction on when getting in the weeds is like when you start to spin your wheels and you're like, okay, now I'm making a snare sound like a, from a ping to a palm. Yeah. Right. What have you been able to find any distinctions in that? Cause that's a, like, I will do that same thing where I will go and I'll focus on, like I was talking to somebody earlier this morning about color grading and i was like I'll, you'll hone in on the shadows in this one shot and you spend an hour fucking with the shadows and then you're like 
I don't know if I've actually improved the shadows and oh shit, now everything else is all out of whack, right? And it's it's one of those situations. So I mean, I'll, I'll make this answer brief. There's a reason there's a track from 2015 that I'm still working on. And it's because I sat there and spun wheels. Luckily, I think this week we finally like almost got it like 95%, but like, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the thing too, is like, I think it's something, at least me personally, I'm getting better about is not spinning those wheels because we are writing much more efficiently then I know when I say we, it's funny. I mean, it's not funny. It makes perfect sense that we are being more efficient when it's more of a group effort than when it was a individual effort. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like back when, you know, it was mostly just like kind of me in a dictatorial, you know, <laughs> stance of like, yo, you guys just play this part, you know. Yeah, it would take forever, and now it's a collaborative effort. It's much quicker, mm-hmm. and that's that. Being being collaborative helps make it less spinning wheels. Is I think it, there are people. Funny enough, that works for me too because like I'm always I'm an improviser, so like I'm not the best. Like like if you give me a prompt or something, I can make something cool out of it. But I'm not the best at just pulling something random, new, and cool out of nowhere. Like, but I can like build on something, and especially when it comes to songs like if you guys give me a track like might you know pull out a beat that you've not like thought of but that works for that one part and so on like and so like even though it started out where it was just like you might be like yeah just you know drum along to this part that's funny enough for me i mostly still be that way but i'm like that's just how i work and it makes more sense for me anyway like i I don't know maybe it's jazz band that i was in back in the day or something but i just I don't know, writing parts versus just like popping in and playing along to something and making it new. I, I think that's how I would work personally. But Yeah. No, that, that that makes total sense. And it's kind of also, I know a lot of times one of the differences between me and Ben is, and I'm not saying this in a disparaging way, but I went through school and I, I did a lot of music theory and a lot of that kind of stuff. So I would I would sit there and be like, okay, what chord are you playing? He'd be like, I playing this chord. I'm like, that's not the question I'm asking. I'm asking like, you know, is it a G major seven? Is it a, you know, all that. Right, right. And Luke, when, when Luke came in, you know, it's just like, you know, and once again, I don't mean this in a disparaging way because I think there are, you know, I think there are benefits to having a music, you know, having music theory knowledge. And I think there are also downfalls to it. Ooh, if yeah. you are, you know, if you're more like me, you know, I'm like, oh, well, what chord are you playing? Oh, G major seven. Okay. That means that the bass notes can be G, B, D, or F sharp. <laughs> and, you know, rule wise, yes, I'm correct. But in that particular song, not necessarily. And you can all of a sudden, you know, so. You know, that's something else I noticed when Luke came in. It was just like, oh, yeah, okay. Here's some, you know, here's like, there's like some translation that can happen. And then also just, okay, but, you know, just because that's the chord we're playing, that doesn't mean that's, you know, it doesn't mean we're boxed into all those things, for example. And you can just kind of like, oh, I'm going to try, like, here, I'm going to try this real quick. And, up, that didn't work. Or I'm going to try something different. That did work. Mm -hmm. Let's try that instead, you know. Stuff like that. Yeah. It can definitely be because like it's like it's a thing. When you learn 
patterns in how music tends to go. You start to see the walls and it can be hard to keep looking at them from an above view and you start to sink into the walls. So it's like, it's not like you're like permanently banned from ever being creative. Like yeah. it helps to have a more spontaneous, like emotionally driven decision-making process that can just like, we can make something and show it to Ben and Ben will give a quick like, all right, I like this. I like this. Don't like Don't this. Like this. Right. And it's it's so much better than just sitting there looking at your virtual rule book, just like, what could I possibly do? Right. Just like, you just need <laughs> right. to make a decision. Yeah. Like it's it's the it's the difference of perspectives exactly. and it's the difference of, you know, oh, I you know, I've been I've been listening to like this particular riff or this particular bass line or this particular drum. It doesn't matter. I've been listening to this particular part so many times that almost I can't hear it a different way. Uh And then you bring it to somebody who has not heard your two hours of of practicing and Mm -hmm. struggling and and like I, you know, and you can you can get hit with that sudden nugget of knowledge where if all of a sudden Ben hears it for the first time and you're like, oh, I like that. I like that. I don't like that. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, well, crap, okay, yeah, I guess you're right, because I like those first two, and it just forces you out of your, it forces you out of your creative bubble and introduces other creative bubbles into your bigger bubble. And yeah, yeah, Luke just said it tempers your ego as well, so, yeah. It's funny, because you guys are really stroking my ego right now. But... <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean... Yeah, please do. But yeah, for the next question, everybody go around and shit on Ben's writing style and artistic sensibilities. I could do it myself. It's incredibly Mm -hmm. efficient. It's yeah. I mean, it's like hilarious because like to me, it's like I I never took a guitar lesson. I never you know I just heard music and I was like I like this Mm -hmm. you know. So like I mean like. We have, we have a song we're working on that's in three, four time, and that's impossible for me to play. I mean, it's not, but like, it's hard as hell. Like, that's, it's just like shit like that is stuff I've never really been like aware of. And uh, to, to me, it's always just been I listen to music because I want to feel, I want to feel a specific way, or I do feel a specific way. And that's all I want anybody to get out of it. <laughs> I don't care if it sounds impressive or hard to play. I love bands that do that, but like it's always just been um, I feel an emotion and I want to project that emotion or I mean that's that's really it. Like it's just about emotions for me. It's always been that way. And you know, the flip side of that is, is like, that's all fine and cool is like, I mean, there's Manos when we went into studio and I was like, yeah, so technically I think the way I did it in the, the demo was that it's like this tempo, but like we put it, put it like one half of a beat off or something. And, and like Gary was like, no, it's just like, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So you can actually overcomplicate things if you don't know anything about uh, music theory. So well, that's where that comes. There's, there's a point about like, again, so being in like jazz band, I didn't learn like because I'm very resistant to like certain stuff. And at that point in my life, like I'm like, I'm not learning the music theory like I should. I'm loosely following along, and I figure like I figured out that's how a lot of jazz drummers do. And and mm-hmm. like, it, there's a there's a difference between like knowing music theory and then just playing with passion and like finding what sounds good. But the funny thing is like 
yeah, those rules are set out and, you know, there's all, you know, years past, you have all those like people who laid out those rules. But when you just forget all that and play with passion, like funny enough, end up like those chords that you ended up playing might just in those rule boxes anyway. Yeah. Because like it just, it's music theory. You know what I mean? It like it's universal, like it all. Yeah. I was about to say. Exactly. And it, and a reason it, it's a rule there. And it sounds good. But I, you know, I, I was about to say, like, honestly, it's not so much like, oh, I've got, I'm surrounded by three people who intimately like have a knowledge of how music works. Oh and dear then, God, no. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, I mean, give yourself some credit. Seriously, it's more so it works in spite of there's three people who know how music works and one guy who like they just tolerate. <laughs> well, like, like, it's like, I think music is so. Like, this sounds like a dig on music as a whole, but, like, it, music is formulaic enough that every human has a pattern-seeking mind, and even a dumbass like me can figure it out. Yeah. That's that's the long and short of it. Yeah. So as you can kind of cut all the praise they gave me, just like, oh, this, <laughs> this moron, like, can understand music pretty easily. <laughs> like, cool. It's like, does he know music theory, or does he just think pretty noise sound good at this time? It's <laughs> yeah. that, it's, it's that yeah. simple. But I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, exactly. there's a lot of times yeah, of music, right? I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll relate. I always relate a bunch of things to Blink-182. And <laughs> for this one, it's like Travis, like obviously, like as people, as much as people think he's overrated, like he's insanely talented and, and knows them rudiments. He in and out with the back of his hand. Like he just doesn't always flex them because he's in a pop punk band. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like so. But then like. But that is, that band is essentially one dude who's insanely talented and two dudes who know a bit. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> they're just they're just, all, they're just all having fun. That's yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like, That's and not 100%. to shit on Mark or Tom because like, I love those guys and I love everything about their music. But like, still like, and we I, need that UFO research. Hundred yeah. percent, man. That's <laughs> we needed the hiatus. No, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask this is a perfect transition. I had this written down when we last spoke. You mentioned. How did you word it? You said you were talking about Travis Barker and somebody had like after a show had commented like, oh, big Travis Barker fan. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. You had said, um, I don't remember the first part of how you said it. You said something along the lines of like, I don't want to play exactly like somebody else, but I would like to capture the same vibe. It, I wrote that down because I listened to that back and said I wanted to follow up on that question, and I didn't in the moment. So now I have, have done that just many, many months later. I guess expand on that and like what – yeah, dig, dig into that. I think that's an interesting, yeah. interesting statement. Well, like – and this goes with any type of musician, but for specifically drummers, like you wouldn't think it's so easy to – Oftentimes, like with Travis or like Zach Hill or from like, you know, Death Grips and Hella and all that, like there's certain people you just hear and you're like, wait a minute, I didn't know he was on this record. And then you like look it up and you're like, oh, yep, there he is. Damn, that's him. Like, mm -hmm. and then, and that's where I was like, I would never want to copy somebody like completely. But if you could look like look at me and, and, or like after a show and be like, yeah, you listen to that artist, like, you know, I think that's, that's pretty cool. Like, I'm not going to take that as imitation or them thinking I'm imitating, mm -hmm. but I'm at the same time, like, like you can tell I'm into that stuff. And if you're into that stuff, cool. Like that's a, that's not only a way to, that we can relate, but I take that as a huge compliment. If you could find out, like just based on watching me play, like yeah. that you listen to these artists, who like, your inspirations are. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I think that's 
as much as that you can do that with drummers, that's kind of hard because something about drums, you know what I mean? Like, whereas guitarists, like, and like even bassists, like, I feel like you could very distinctly, like, you know, like, oh, that's Les Claypool. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Right off the bat, like, there's certain people you just, I think it's more distinguishable with other instruments, but I don't know. Like, you just hear it on a record and you don't have to, like, look it up or nothing. You're just like, yeah. that's that person. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. What's the, what are you doing as a drummer then to, embody that that feeling is there like well funny enough how i play and how i've always practiced i've always just had fun listening to other songs and like playing along to them in in my earbuds or whatever and growing up doing that now that i'm like all i do is take the earbuds out and play along to the band i'm in now hmm. and i guess it just translates through that way because of all that practice and yeah you know what i mean like um I guess with like that Travis Barker comment the dude made at the show, I, that partially even could be like how my kit was set up. You know what I mean? Like, I have a very cheeky like. Uh, Travis has a Cadillac emblem on his kit somewhere, and my old car. I before like got or no, sorry, not my old car. I was just I was in the junkyard, but I found like this Buick old ass like fifties hood ornament, and I put that in my <laughs> bass drum like on the top. So that's you awesome. know what I mean. Like that that alone, even if I didn't you know, capture the vibe of Travis or anything like yeah. that. Not that I was trying to, but yeah. even even if I didn't or, like, the dude never made that connection, he could probably just see that there and be like, okay, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I think, it's kind of piggyback off that, I think, like, kind of having inspirations, like, no, there's no band I can think of besides, like, the Smiths that it's, like, I can pinpoint. Like, there's, there's no shame in being able to pinpoint an inspiration, you know? Like, that's, every band's gonna have... I mean, my God, you know, you said you, we could talk shit about bands. Like, every band is like, I get it. You love modern baseball. <laughs> so, you know, like, yeah, like, and that's fine. Like, they're doing amazing. They sound amazing. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think, uh, I think inspiration, I know that was more of a drummer oriented question, but like, like, there's no shame in being inspired by people. Yeah. Like, in fact, I think, especially nowadays, people are almost like, love that. I think people, are so open to to art in general being a almost a living body of how people feel about things, including culture. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, even if I was a painter, like if I had paintings that were, you know, inspired by whoever, you know, like I don't think anybody would look at that as being derivative anymore. Mm-hmm. I think we've really broken that whole wall of like, oh, you know, like art's derivative. Like that yeah. used to be a joke. Even. Yeah. Like and I think it's more of a joke now to use that phrase, honestly. Yeah. No, it's it's interesting you bring that up too, because I feel like especially in music lately, in the last year or so, I mean like how many hit songs are just like interpolations of it's got nostalgia with yeah. it, right? Like, like yeah. Young Gravy's freaking uh I'm not a huge fan of him, but he makes, I'm not going to lie, some of his songs are are, are bangers. Like, the, he has a whole song that's just the Rick Astley, yeah. Never Gonna yeah. Give You Up song, yep. and but, like, it's it's fun, you know what I mean? And the whole time, you're just like, yeah, I remember this song. But, like, yep. he didn't really add anything to it, beat-wise. Yeah. Like, just sped it up, you know, made it more fun. I, I, I think a, a weird guess. part of, like, modern culture is aware that music has, like, a shelf life. In the sense that it's like we can only write so many songs. So it, it, I think, like, obviously, you know, Paul's Boutique is now what, like, 35 plus years old, you know, like, live in an era that is 
you know, like my generation and any generation younger than me is now lived in an era completely filled with samples or there's no shame mm-hmm. in literally shamelessly ripping off of like almost as a tribute, yep. you know, not, not as a, like nobody views that as a, I'm lazy and I'm just using, you know, like even young gravy song, nobody's like, Oh, that dude's just being lazy. Like mm-hmm. they, they almost see it as like live in like a post, post postmodern society also so it's like even if you yeah. make shit as a joke who cares yeah nothing yeah. matters so i just go off that i mean genre bending is so widespread now compared to any other to like there are a lot of reasons for that but i think it also touches on kind of what you're talking about with when things go in and out so quickly i think it's almost like like it's kind of weird right like maybe this is because of history and how it's portrayed but like 60s 70s 80s 90s it's almost like a narrative like things mm. the 70s switch turned off and the 80s switch it's turned on now. yeah like since 2000 like decades are getting a lot more amorphous uh, and i think things are happening quicker to where it's like look at just jam culture together it's like, i don't know but... it's almost to the point where gen or gender bending like genre bending is not even it's not groundbreaking anymore yeah like yeah. new metal breakdowns are like coming yeah. back and like fucking like i love like i don't listen to much of it but i love the idea of hyper pop <laughs> like just taking everything <laughs> say jake you're exciting. 100 gex guy yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah there's literally like the, like i think uh basically Sounds like a Limp Biscuit song almost on the new 100 Gex album. And like when you're taking hyperpop and new metal and you're just like, we don't care about like I seen this video of it was, I think, Gex opening for Deftones. And so you have a bunch of these older fans who are just standing there, arms crossed, angry as shit at the fact that Gex are even there. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry, but get fucked. Like literally <laughs> like, dude, music is amalgamation of whatever the hell it wants to be like mm-hmm. you can't you can't just be sitting there like well this isn't music because i don't like it or because mm-hmm. it's you know kids these days or you know what i mean like you were hating those old people back in the day and now you're that old person yeah i mean come on well, that's Jeff just the, that's the cycle i mean oh, yeah. Yeah. i mean which but it's just so funny to see somebody who's like you know in their 30 35 40 years old like looking at these 20 year old kids like mad at them like shaking their fists like they're on their lawn like like bro you're at- we've done this cycle for so long too that's what kills me is we've we've done the cycle it's well this, documented and, yeah well it no. started in the 60s of like oh these kids are too loud or whatever and like by, by the time you get to the deftones fans you know like, <laughs> it's like we've done this five times now so just you know like if it's surprised? not your shit, which you know, like no shades of the Deftones fans. Like they were just sitting there. You know, like it's not like they were fucking fighting people. But I right. no, I, I still one hundred percent. Yeah, they were like not. They were like, I'm not enjoying this. Like yeah. clearly, I'm not gonna make the parent. I'm I'm gonna bob my head. Nothing. Like it was yeah. just funny. Like yeah. But yeah, it is. Music's I, weird anymore. It's either you kind of like stick to a genre or you try like. And this is nothing new in itself either. We kind of hit the point where nothing's new. Yeah. It's fine. Like, nobody, it's nobody's fault. It's kind of all of our faults at the same time. But, like, you either try to break down every wall possible, which has been done a thousand times, or you stick to the pocket, which has also been done a thousand times. So I don't even know where you go. And um, maybe this is, like, a sidestep, but it kind of got me thinking about, like, 
you know, like I was thinking about Wes Anderson the other day and it's like Wes Anderson, every movie looks the same and it's still good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's like you look, you see one screen grab of a Wes Anderson film and it's like, you're like oh. yep, it's a Wes Anderson film. Do you hate it? No, you still love it. There's something interesting about that too, because of how highly collaborative like film is like, yeah, you know, you guys are talking about collaboration with, um, you know, four people, five, if you throw Gary in the mix there. But I mean, that's the thing about filmmaking is like, I can, as a colorist, take inspiration from Wes Anderson and make something look Wes Anderson esque, mm-hmm. but the ability to, as a director, orchestrate okay wardrobe has to have this certain feeling like the acting has to have a certain feeling the way this is shot and lit which just those departments of like lighting and shit is a million different fucking people Uh you know sound design and like color and edit and all this stuff and to be able to to do that and convey your voice that is a hard enough it's hard enough to convey your own unique voice if you're writing like like poetry for yourself much less yeah. if you're orchestrating like borderline an army of people with a you know however many millions of dollars that a studio has given you that now the studio is like well to be fair Wes Anderson's probably big enough that the studios like go do whatever the fuck you want but right. still right. The point point being yeah I don't know if I had a, a point to that but well, I feel like almost like when you have in like for making a movie or something like that like you have whole huge team but I assume you're for the most part you're riding off of like one or two persons vision and like you know what I mean like whereas and so you have to don't get me wrong you have to direct and like Mm -hmm. you know to corral people properly but like when you're on a small scale like you know the four of us like can be each of our vision yeah I mean like as a group Mm -hmm. and nothing can get lost like because it's you know I mean how is it going to slip through the cracks when like there's four of us yeah like yeah it's true true. Whereas, like, I know as you're in a huge team like that, it's probably, like, the source of ins- is probably coming from just probably up to four or five, you know, something like that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, a small group of people. That's a good point. Yeah, and especially a lot of, like, I was talking to a cinematographer. Shout out Jack Miller. Episode, I think he's going to be two of this season. Um, he was saying that his, one of his main goals as a cinematographer is to express i think was the term i'm trying to remember the terminology he used but like express the director's vision so i guess kind of a similar thing where you can get a whole army of people who have also probably consumed a lot of wes anderson movies that are now working on one and it's like like that let go of the ego and and support this person as a yeah which don't get me wrong i feel like (laughs) i do that too like in a weird way like i know i said like It'll be each of our visions, but I feel like I almost am doing like I'm supporting you guys yeah. in a sense. Yeah, no, I'm I trying to come in and and like write parts. I'm just saying like, okay, I like what you guys are putting down. Like, here's how I think I can make it better, yeah. and I just want to support the vibe that you are putting out. I don't want to put my vibe out. But yeah. yeah, I mean, even contrasting that to like, I got to see there was this guy that when I was a kid, I was in a band that got to record here, and the guy who headed the sessions on that let me shadow him for a session or two where they were, uh, it was one dude utilizing session musicians. Kind of said that's a sliding scale, but in these particular sessions, it was literally like guys are paid. They go in, they say, yeah, what do you want? And the guy describes what he wants and they play it to a team yep. and they get mm-hmm. their pay and they go home. Like, I but mean, it's, it's the, it's the music equivalent of the director. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's, yeah. and that's, I mean, 
one point I was going to bring up as, as everyone was saying those sort of things. It's, it's why when it comes to films and why it comes to music and band, it, any creative thing, you know, you've got a writer or maybe two, you have a director or maybe two, you know, it's, it's the whole, the director does not need to worry about the particular lighting in this particular scene and this particular part of the film. That's the cinematographers, you know, like, you know what I mean? It's, it's offload the job, you know, it's, it's it's laser focusing it is you know this is you're you're the drummer you're the drum wheelhouse you're the guitarist you're the guitar wheelhouse you know you're it's 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 laser focusing into the things like this is your job this is your responsibility i trust that you can do that and i trust that when you take this part and 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 and gel them all together then it's like a you know I think I might have even said it the first time, but that's it's to me, it's always the absolute best part about being in a band. It's like I can't, you know, A, I don't want to do this by myself. B, I couldn't do it by myself. Mm-hmm. But C, damn, I love being this part yeah. of this. Like the, oh, yeah. the, to hear and see the creation of the final product every single time we put on a show, every single time we record an album, every single time we, you know, anything band related, it could be something as, 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 stupid as picking the font for the scarlet street logo you know but i mean like you know what i'm you know what i'm trying to say it's like, it's yeah, the like you could see it's the, the and we're all a part of it like, right yeah. and that's i think that bands are you know especially when it's a four piece or three p whatever it's kind of cool because it's like hey we're all you know we all get to kind of see that and participate in that and then it makes you feel kind of like you're the director for you know it's like well, i'm not it's, it's the only of- director but it's kind of like all four of us are the director. Right, right. It's kind of amazing because we, we're we very DIY. We don't have a manager. We don't have somebody who books shows for us. Like, all decisions are made by four of us. But hey, if we do need a band manager, some drunk guy at the end of a show will offer. Yeah. So, very true. Just, uh, <laughs> very true. Hey, man. You sound good. My name's Ricky. And, yeah. But, yeah, like... There's no, there's nobody to please. There's nobody who gets final say. I mean, one of us may have like a, a major gripe or something, but it's, you know, like it's amazing. We got this group chat. We just or we're sometimes in here. We just kind of, you know, say like, hey, what do you guys think about this? And it's, I mean, like literally there's no conflict here. It's just like ideas thrown out. Ideas thrown out, but. And the best part is the constructive criticism. There's, is, there's constructive is there there can criticism. among this group there can be criticism, but it is always and forever constructive. Mm. We if all it was to, if it was not, then it would it would be a completely would, different story. It would have quit years ago. And yeah. and it's there's so little ego here. That's actually now that I say that, that's exactly what Gary said at the very end of our last session. Yeah. He's like, There was no egos, there was just We serve the song. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I, or, or I serve the band. Like it's always in the in the service of the of the art. Yeah, bingo. Yeah, it's a collaborative yeah. effort. Period. And honestly, like just <laughs> you can't put a price tag on finding a group of like minded people who operate as their own self sufficient departments. Mm-hmm. I've been in so many bands. Yeah, I was about to say, and and adult and adults. <laughs> that is, I cannot stress that enough. We have seen. So, I mean, even when we've gone on tour, is incredible. The dysfunction that we see in other bands 
and people, and we're not going to name them. Yeah, I was going to say, since we, we can start kind of, <laughs> since we can kind of get final say on this, and this is more of a note than it is a like response. Cut here. this is what that means. <laughs> cut uh, whatever you're about to say. Cut it. I mean, if Please. if I don't know if they'll ever listen to it, you know, like cut it however creative way you want to say I'm going to put a big old bleep. Yeah. You I, never know who's going to be wearing five years. Exactly. <laughs> So, you know, like we've seen firsthand in a band that, you know, we were on, we were on tour and they were about to break up on tour. First times. Numerous times. Yes. Several and times. And we're all just, you know, we're yeah, just like... and never. And that was like, you know, obviously when you're away from family, you're, you know, I'm sure these three also were doing what I was doing, where I was constantly texting my significant other and or calling, you know, and how many times did I literally text the phrase, I'm so glad I'm in a group of adults here. You know, like, <laughs> like literally, because I mean, like there was no, there was no conflict. The other group we were touring with believe conflict was a part of doing yes. yep. every waking moment. That's a, that's a thing that I think a lot of people can, can normalize that like in relationships in general, like yeah. it's a thing where, if you have a couple of shitty relationships, you just kind of start to think like, oh, like this emotional roller coaster must be what a relationship is. So yeah. if there's not an emotional roller coaster going on, then I'm, you know, you're Something not engaged. Wrong. Like yeah. the Something's room's wrong. too quiet right now. Like, yeah. are we supposed to start a fight? Like, yeah, yeah. Yo, literally there was, I mean, a member of touring party that was, the, the belief was that if there wasn't some sort of ex, like emotional explosion with it, I am, I'm actually literally quoting if there wasn't some sort of breakdown within two weeks, then something was wrong. Yeah. Which is insane. Cause like we're, we're four mild then, mannered, yeah. like the four of us lame just... dudes. Like, you know, like put us in a hotel room and give us a few beers and we'll, we'll go to bed. Like it was, uh, yeah, we don't I'll, like, I'll, I'll go out back and smoke. And that's about, you know what I mean? Like, that's about it. Like that's, we're not sitting here like doing hard drugs or getting in fights or like, you know what I mean? It's just, Tell TV down, or I was gonna say, like, watch, like, five years from now, we're gonna like regret these comments of like how (laughs) mild manner we are. But, like, honestly, you I've spent so much time with you guys, like, you can't fake character, yeah. It's not like you guys are gonna suddenly develop like an ego or something. I mean, that's more of a side note, Mm -hmm. but you know, whatever. Five million dollars. <laughs> yeah, supposed to say, promise I'll keep. Hey, Epic Records, if you want to just give us a massive advance. But yeah, no, I, that cannot be understated. I, I know you know that, and and hopefully everyone who's listening does know that. But it is, it cannot be understated enough how much it's like. Hey, we can go on stage, we can have fun, go be a little stupid during the show. But it's still like, oh, thank God we're in a, thank God I'm in a band with adults. Like, <laughs> not, not to not to sour the mood at all, but oh, we've, we've had, in all the shows we've played, I feel like we genuinely had one show that was like off, and that caused yeah. another person to leave the band. Mm-hmm. But at that point, it was like it wasn't I mean? it wasn't the only reason. We had a, a moment where like Jake was like, oh fuck, we have a show, fuck, dude, I can't make it, and it was like it's all right, like we'll live. Yeah, like yeah. we that just happened this weekend, and it's like whatever, right? You know, I like, think that's probably the only 
one of maybe that's that's the biggest fuck up that's happened to this band and we're just we're still here for all five of us or four of us right chilling, right like right now yeah. it's whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> like i mean that's the thing is like i think we're we're gonna fuck up and like that that was one of those things that and i don't want to just bring that up out of nowhere but relating to you know we're all adults and like in this band like you know what i mean if, if that ha- had happened while we're on tour that jesus christ you know what i mean like the amount of but it hasn't and we're gonna keep it that exactly way. <laughs> yeah but i mean like well, well I, but yeah i totally get what you mean i mean professionalism it's like hilarious because i feel like all four of us are like so immature at the same time we're so fucking professional when it comes to that shit and i feel like probably getting way too into detail about like our how we all feel for feel about each other and i love that like how we all for feel about each other is we all fucking love each other like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Professionalism will go a long way. Getting things done on a timeline that you said you were going to get them done on, like, and, and, like yeah. it goes yeah. it goes a long way. Just wanting to avoid con- conflict at all costs. Like, there's yeah. no reason we should be fighting amongst each other, and I don't think we ever really have. There, you know I mean? Like, we we all four kind of picked each other, and I I don't mean like we kind of like literally we picked each other. Like, mm-hmm. we could have kicked anybody out at this point. Yeah, and yeah. It's kind of just like yeah, if it not, wasn't like yeah a collaborative relationship that added to the overall like art that you guys were making mm-hmm. it wouldn't like none of you guys would be here yeah so. exactly but i feel like that's a good i think that's a solid landing point are there any final thoughts opinions shit talk that we want to believe <laughs> <laughs> i don't have any shit talk yeah it's good to see you again yeah yeah i mean that good genuinely it's, it is great appreciate to see you it. appreciate it glad to uh glad to be here good to good to see you all again glad to have some some good conversation yeah. yeah, just so everyone, because obviously this is all audio, you know, it's freezing in here right now. So <laughs> yeah. it is colder he inside here for some up reason. With us. <laughs> you, we, can, we can see our breath in here. It's that cold. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm uh, I'm excited about the something that kind of came out this week. I'm excited about the non-musical part of what we're planning on the kind of rollout of this album. Oh, I... Yeah, I'll go ahead. I'm and, curious. There's yeah. some bait Teaser. there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So this this time around is last time we didn't really last time we both did and did not consider the aspects of promoting an album outside of just the music. Last time was we had and you guys may remember this a literal spreadsheet of every day mm-hmm. after every single would be going on social media. Yep. This time around, it's way less organized on purpose and way more of a vibe (laughs) so like there's not to reveal too much but like the vibe of this album is a lot darker a lot moodier a lot what's an adjective i can use for this those two are pretty good but like it's it's a lot more serious a lot more grave this time around i feel like the stakes of what we're talking about lyrically and like even doing musically are a lot more serious so we want the like marketing material is probably a great term for that to kind of match and there's already a lot of consideration going into that this time around last album that wasn't even a thought Uh uh-huh so that's something a lot of that i'm excited about kind of the auxiliary to the music itself which, and one little quick addendum to that, it's, I'll speak for me, but I think I'm also kind of speaking for Ben a little bit. Usually been way more of a fan of, uh, like, once you have a band and they're pretty well established, 
I'm usually more of a fan of their later work because I love the like the maturity of it, mm-hmm. and that's what I hope we're you know that's what we're bringing mm-hmm. to this next part is like okay cool we did the you know like here's here's the you know the pop punky songs or whatever let's let's actually do some not so pop punky right you know sort of, you know what I'm trying to say avant garde punk yeah yeah <laughs> punk yeah absolutely but. The maturity and the the you know more grown up, more like okay, yeah, this is the world <sighs> kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's yep. I've I've been experiencing that a lot within the past two years. It's it's just all of a sudden wi- within the past two years, I just feel like. Not not my physical body, but like my mental is, is like I feel like I aged ten years. Oh, my physical body's aging. I fucking <laughs> blew my knee up this year. I'm fucking throwing my back out. It's yeah, dude. It's all still filmed a video. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Masmiata and clinical depression. I was on on crutches, and at the time thought I had a torn ACL when we. And once again, he's a trooper. So yeah, yeah. But anyway, sorry, I didn't mean it. No, no, that, that was that was the end point. It's just you know, there's there's been a lot of stuff within the past two years, and it's just like, okay, here we go, life, you know. And coming to the, you know, and like you said, at grave, you know, not like we're not going to go out here and being like death everything, but you know, it is kind of, you know, there's yeah. It's, it's a noble, like, positivity is great, and it can help you through life and a lot of things, but sometimes when something is bad enough, you just want to look at it and scream, it's bad, <laughs> and that's cathartic, <laughs> and I think that's that catharsis is, a, is I think, a lot of what we want to look for. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think, I guess with that, any... Check out check out Scarlet Street on is it Scarlet Street OH. You plug, yeah. the, plug the socials, plug... I believe it's scarlet.street on Instagram. At jdate.com. It's jswipe. I'll use oh. J, I used to use jswipe. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know um, what it was. That's funny. Now I have a Jewish wife, so it works. That's that's our third plug. <laughs> <laughs> um, then, uh, no, it's uh, at Scarlet Street, Ohio, for or Scarlet Street OH for all the other goodies. Cool. And I will be sure to uh, have any sort of relevant links and all that. Anything we talked about in the show notes, link in the de- description of the podcast, wherever you listen to this. If they're if they're playing shows near you, go check them out for sure. Yeah, I think that's I think that's it. Hell yeah! Bye everybody. I Thank you. It.